Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Truth and Justice. This is our follow-up episode for Season 13 and our episode about Andy Wagner out of Indiana, another case of a missing person. Loved ones are looking for her. And of course, we have our follow-up questions from our listeners. So let's jump into it. All right. You guys may have noticed that we are saying Zach this week. He's out on assignment. Uh, So it's just me and JV today. So thank you all for joining us. We've got a pretty lively group going in YouTube. And as Janet mentioned, we have uh, Facebook questions and we've got the chat going here at the same time. Uh, Before we get into that stuff, a couple, we we don't have a whole lot of questions today, so this shouldn't be too long. This, this case was a, was a tough one to do. There's not, and, and we'll get into that, but you know, I wasn't expecting us to have a lot of questions about it and. And that seems to be the case. It's just it's it's a hard one because there's there's really kind of only one thing we can do right now. Uh, but I but I I, th- I think that there's going to be more for us to do as we move along. But before we get into that, couple of um, couple things. First things first. The chat's been talking about it. Uh, social media has been tagging me in it for weeks. I finally um, jumped in and gave a listen. For those of you that don't know, uh, the prosecutor's podcast has been doing a series on on Heyman Lee's case and on Syed's case, and um, they their take on it is that Adnan is guilty. They haven't said that, but it's pretty clear throughout it that that's that's their take. So of course I'm getting I'm getting tagged uh, all over social media about it, sent emails about it. Lots of people saying you need to listen to this because they're right and you're wrong. Lots of emails saying. You need to listen to this and set them straight because they're wrong and you're right. And then several um, emails filled with colorful language telling me what a stupid idiot I am for ever thinking that Anon was innocent. So my first instinct for a while was I don't need the negativity. I don't need to put myself through this. I know the case. But then I kind of I kind of checked myself on that and thought, well, if I if I take that stance, then I'm kind of doing what I accuse other people of doing, which is not listening objectively with an open mind about these cases. So I decided I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to hear the other perspective. I'm going to listen to it objectively and see if, if, if there's a reason that I should think differently. I'm, com- I'm completely caught up now as of today, uh, which is Tuesday. There was an episode that came out this week, I think came out yesterday or today. Uh, and I've listened to that. And uh, my mind has not changed. 
I, like many of you, am a bit frustrated with the presentation so far, but I'm still listening with an open mind. I have, and apparently they on their Patreon mentioned this, I have had, I, I con- actually contacted Brett when I was about seven episodes in to let him know that, you know, hey, everybody keeps tagging us together in these. I'm listening to this. I'm listening to your coverage. I think that what something that would be a good idea is for us to do a a crossover. My thought was we'll we'll record a conversation with the three of us about the case. We'll post it on your feed and my feed. Not a debate because you know Brett has said he doesn't, you know, they don't like doing debates. I said I'm not looking for a debate. What I'm looking for is because so many people are 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 very polarized. They're either they're right or I'm right, and people are mad about it and in both directions. I would like to have a conversation and take the diff- different elements of the case where they have a viewpoint that is different from mine and discuss how we came to that. You know, for example, uh, let's, let's take like the Nisha call. Like they, they looked at and presented the facts that are correct about the Nisha call, and they came to conclusion A. I looked at those same facts and came to conclusion B. We obviously disagree on that. I would like to to be able to have the conversation and say, well, at least let people see that neither them or me are are just randomly deciding, well, it fits my narrative, so I'm taking this. To explain the logic behind where we came to things, have a conversation, and let and the ideas for me is for my audience in a way that they can digest or willing to digest on my feed, hear Brett and Alice's take on the case and maybe my counters to that take. And then for their audience to hear, instead of just hearing their opinion, to hear my take on the case and their counters to my take on the case. Uh, the last I heard from Brett was he had said that uh, after they're done, we'll get to get we'll we'll try to get together. I take that to mean that that's probably still in the plans. I, uh, apparently, he had mentioned on Patreon that we had that we had talked to his audience, uh, to their audience. So, I think that's coming when they're done. I think they said they're figuring it's going to be like twenty episodes, and I think they're like fourteen or fifteen in at this point. It's a lot, so they they've got a little ways to go. In the meantime, I'm going nuts listening to this and trying to keep track of everything. So the first time I've ever done this, I'm going to do a series episode for episode, like I did with undisclosed way back in the day with their coverage. I'm gonna take their episode one. I'm going to put an episode and I'm going to put those all on Patreon. I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable. It's a place for obviously people to support or work. It's also a place I'm more comfortable putting stuff out that's not, you know, that, that doesn't have to displace anything else that I'm doing. Uh, doesn't have to mess with any contracts that I have with uh, with Audio Boom or anything like that. Uh, it's additional bonus content that'll be out there, and it doesn't have to be clean and polished. I don't plan on, I don't have time, nor do I plan on writing scripts. I'm going to take notes on the cases, sit down for each one, or on the episode, sit down for each one, turn the microphone on, and go through my notes and my thoughts on each episode. So I plan on starting that next week. So everybody that is on Patreon at the $5 level, which at that level is where you get all of our episodes are ad-free. You get an, an hour of Patreon-exclusive 
video content every week that's only for Patreon, uh, video versions of the podcast, uh, of the follow-ups, and then now you will also get that bonus series on the Anansayed case that we'll do over on Patreon as well. So that's going to be coming up. I want to put out like like I'm I'm not I'm not doing this or, or, or I'm I'm not trying to shit on the prosecutors or say anything negative to them. I disagree with some things they're saying. I want to process that in a way that I can kind of put it out for everybody to understand why I have issues with it and and have a discussion. And also that's kind of Patreon kind of a safe space where we all can talk and chat and have conversations like we do now through the the, the posts over there. And for those of you that don't know, if you're on, and some of you are on Patreon and still don't realize this, that go to like the Patreon app every week to listen to the ad-free episodes. There are actually, if you're on at that $5 level, they'll give you an RSS feed that you can actually plug into your normal podcast player, like Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts or whatever. And so the podcast will just upload just, or download to your phone, just like any other podcast does every week. So you'll get the, those come through just as episodes. I, I don't want to say I'm going to do one every Tuesday or I'm going to do one, you know, uh, you know, it could be two a week. It could be one a week. It could be one every other week. Sure. Uh, it's it's when I have time in between stuff, I'm going to start breaking those down because I need to go back through and re-listen to each episode, take detailed notes because I listen to them all. Part of it for me, the reason I'm doing this is when I, I I've listened to them all when I'm driving. Hmm. And like today they were saying and to, I was listening and they're saying things that have to do with times. And I'm like, wait, but didn't you say in episode one, it was this time and this, those times don't, and I need to sit down where I can write those things down, compare and contrast them. Uh, so we have a detailed thing. So, uh, for those of you that are already patrons, uh, look for that popping into your feed here in the next probably week or so, uh, that I'll get started on that. And, um, uh, if you're not a patron, now's a great time to join. It's, it's five bucks a month. It's a dollar twenty-five a week, and for that, you get your episodes ad-free. You're going to get this bonus content. You're going to get the video content. You're going to get all that for that that little bit there, and that does help us out a lot. It's especially with the shift and everything that we've made. That like the Patreon has become Patreon has become you know the, our, our primary source of income at this point, our revenue for for our show right now. So we really do appreciate that. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Janet, what did you think about Andy Wagner's case from Evansville, Indiana? Oh, it was it was another really tough one. It's a really tough listen. Um, feel so deeply for 
Andy's mom and the experience that she has had. You know, we hear stories like this about the 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 treatment of certain cases. And, you know, you prefaced it. You said, look, we've we're very we're not really deeply into this this particular season yet. And yet we already have examples of, you know, what can happen with the perception of law enforcement. And, you know, on the other side of it, maybe people argue like the, the, the resources are very limited. And so people do have to make really tough decisions about who they look for and who they don't. But it's it's incredibly hard to hear a, a mom in pain and to imagine this uh, this person that is deeply loved not being accounted for. And and I continue to say this and we see it every week on the follow up posts. But um, this is this is a hard season. And um, this episode did not give us a break from that. No, it definitely did not. And, you know, as the seasons evolve, like I'm learning more about what we're doing. And I'm also like, I think this, I think this season is good. At least I can speak for myself. There's, there's growth for me here. And I'm always looking for that to learn more and to see the world in a different way. And part of it was when I first started the season and everybody started sending in submitting cases. I saw cases like this one, and my first thought was, well, that's not, I mean, this is just, this is an addict that disappeared, like, we're not going to waste time on this. And then we did Kaylana's case, and when we did her case, it came up, you know, it was like, how, you know, you know, they assumed that she was an addict and she was homeless, so they weren't going to look for her, and they didn't give her any help. And, you know, like Zach had said, during that episode he's like well she's a he's she's a fucking human being like it doesn't matter and and that really hit home for me too to realize like yeah that's right it doesn't like like someone i've learned like i don't like the term addict she was suffering from addiction yeah it's a disease yes like anything else and so i took a second look at, at this case and I don't know if you, Janet, or if any of you listeners have seen like an Elaine's Twitter or on the Facebook page, but that live video that she talked about where she's literally crawling through a, the, a muddy creek mm. by herself searching for her daughter. Mm, mm, mm. That was what did it for me. Yeah. And, and I realized when I talked to her prior to doing the interview that there is, there's, there's a place for us to help. Number one, just like anything, to put the word out, to put her picture out, to put her poster out, to be looking for her, but also to try to put some pressure on the police to help. The fact that she's having leads come in to dangerous places, and as she said, the police are telling her, well, be careful <sighs> when, it, when those are situations that the police should be going to investigate <sighs> is frustrating. So something that we've always done it, with Truth and Justice is to let the powers that be know that we're watching yeah and i think that's important it's important for us to understand that perspective and for us to realize that and and i'm also and i'm also learning too that like there were cases i looked it's like well this person this seems like a recovery like this person's not alive so why we don't want to commit our resources to that because the person's already gone and then i've realized that too that from talking to these family members that doesn't matter yeah to them if if you have your a loved one that is missing even finding them deceased somewhere 
helps. It, it gives you the, the the opportunity to start dealing with with those emotions and start dealing with that grief instead of this having this unknown. So us uh, us being a part of helping them is important. And I feel good about the fact that we did this episode, that we put this information out there. And you can hear it in their voices, all of them that we've had on. Just having the opportunity for someone to listen to them makes a huge difference. And if all you do, especially for a lot of you, those that are like, well, I don't live in that area that we, we've had this conversation a couple times, like, I don't live in that area. What can I do to help? You can contact the Evansville Police Department. You can, you can, you can send Elaine a message and just let her know that you're thinking about her and that, and that you're, you're open to helping in any way she wants, just to let her know. You know, when, when she said, I'm here, I don't have any help. I'm here yeah. all on my own. Let her know that she does have help, that she's not alone, that we're here with her. I think that's a big, a big takeaway for me. Yeah. I think that's beautifully said. With all that being said, this isn't a case that, that unlike last week with Alex Jackson's case, you know, that, that brought up a million questions. This one doesn't have so many questions. Right. So the ones that we do have, Jenna, I guess we'll go ahead and get into those now. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. And I just want to acknowledge Mary in the chat. Um, we'll talk about a, a couple more things like this as we go through our questions from Facebook. But for those of you who have who have chosen to share some of your own personal experiences, your stories as family members and friends suffer through addiction, and you know, I, I'm I'm so proud of all of you and I appreciate so much creating that community because you are sometimes made to feel very alone if you are a person who has a family member who's going through that if you then mm -hmm. by extension you are going through that um, in all the varying levels that this can occur it I think it, it does help so much to share that you've had that experience that Elaine is not the only person who has had to go through something like this we don't want this to happen to anyone but it happens all the time and I am always, I'm a huge proponent of, okay, I am not alone in this, even so far as like other people have, are going through this. I'm not in a vacuum. I'm, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to say such a huge thank you to those of you who have shared some of your own experiences and humanized this even further, because the more we talk about this, the more we humanize it, the more we continue to remind people that these are human beings that we need to love and care for and look out for even though it's an incredibly difficult time, that's just going to help the big picture. It's going to help where our priorities are with law enforcement and all that kind of stuff. So thank you for, for sharing that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to acknowledge too that um, I get a lot of DMs and messages and emails from people. I rarely have time to sit down and respond to them. Um, so I just I want to take this opportunity if you're listening that, that I do read them all. Along those lines, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and and just tell them that they've been through similar circumstances or they're going through similar circumstances. I had somebody today that emailed and said that they had their child was missing for a long time and they were eventually found deceased and they were writing to 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 thank me for the work and that was kind of why I wanted to bring that up because they had said that even though it was the worst news possible, they needed that that knew yeah. they needed to know and um yeah. so so one thing i just want you guys to know if you're sending me don't think that if you hit send on a message or an email or a dm uh that is going into space and getting lost i literally read every single one of them you know that, that was something mike used to kind of filter and would pass on 
you know, actionable stuff to me. And so now I do it, but I, but I go through and a lot of times I'll like, I might flag a couple of my phone, like, Oh, I want to get back, but I just, I'm doing three jobs right now. So it's hard to keep up with, with sending them back, but just know that I do get them. I do read them, keep sending them. And that goes for, I've also had a lot of emails from people just saying, you know, they're, that making sure that I'm okay. You know, for those of you that are following me on social media, you know, that I, we lost our dog this weekend. And just the kind of the emotional stress of going through what we're going through now and just know that I, I appreciate and, and love every one of you guys for doing that too. Um, so just because you don't get a message back doesn't mean I didn't see it and appreciate it. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, we even had something from Tina that I did pull in from Facebook that says like, Bob, I can't fa- fathom how you do these interviews week after week with the families of missing people. These stories are heartbreaking and I'm only listening to them secondhand, but you are actually listening to them in real time. I'm hoping that you're taking care of your own mental health. So Sounds like uh, Tina was speaking for many of us. And, um, you know, thanks for thinking about that. Be honest with you, I'm learning. I've been, it's, it's been rough. I've, I, this has been a, a much more stressful time for me than I, than I thought it would be. But, you know, I'm, 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 I'm leaning a lot on family and friends. I'm sure most of you guys know this, but Janet and I are, are really close friends in real life too. And, and so there's, you know, not just on, on the podcast. So there's, she definitely gets a lot of, texts and calls for me when when i need somebody to talk to and vice versa yeah so with that we can move on to well let's keep going we're going to spread a little more love with this one in fact a couple more um ellen says no question just a big thanks to bob for featuring this one so often people struggling with addiction are just not deemed worthy of attention of any kind it breaks my heart this mom is so strong my heart goes out to her and i'm just going to add megan's um comment as well not a question but a comment for andy's mother Thank you for not ever. Oh, I'm going to start crying. Thank you for not ever giving up on your daughter. You love her so much. Don't ever feel like you didn't do enough. Your love for her would have been what she hung on to. I hope you find Andy soon. Whew. Okay. Thank you, Megan. Um, and then, and then a comment, a similar comment from Kathy, another person who is a loyal listener, more than a listener, has worked with us, worked with Bob, helped so much yeah. in the truth and justice capacity, and also shares uh, some personal. Uh, stories in the Facebook. I'm not going to read all of it, but I do want to read some of it here. Kathy says, not a question, but a comment. Dealing with addicts in my family, it is not hard to imagine Andy agreeing to one last time, in quotes, whether she was actually given a hot shot or her body just said no more. An overdose can't be ruled out. Whoever was with her may have panicked and maybe disposed of her body. I hate to say that instead of getting help, but Kathy is coming at this from a very personal place. And, uh, yeah. and, and so some of you have, you know, this very close up perspective that you find yourselves comparing stories like Andy's to your own life. So thank you for that. And that actually brings us to the term hotshot, which I want to get into uh, yeah. with you if you're ready for that. Um, that is something that, you know, we hear is a little bit of a question mark. And so, um, uh, I'll read from Allie, uh, says, from my understanding, when someone is given a hot shot, it is given to a person to purposely overdose them or kill them without the person's knowledge who is buying and taking the drug drugs. Andy's mom seemed pretty unfamiliar with the term as well. So I was wondering if the supposed hot shot was thought to be given on purpose with knowledge that Andy would die from it, or if the term was being used loosely because she did die from it, so they just call it a hot shot. Is it the same names who keep coming up as the one who gave her the supposed hot shot? And does her mom think it's a viable theory based on who and where it happened? Or is it just more rumor mill and hearsay? No, I mean, it sounds to me that 
the most consistent story because I've I've talked to Elaine some off the air as well. That the, the most consistent tip that she's got that is not just rumor. It are, there are people that have d- directly reached out to her, given her a list of names of people that Andy was with, and said that you know that 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 one way or another she passed on. The, the tricky part is it's always the same names. But the circumstances seem to be different from what she heard. So she's heard everything from they the, the, there's human trafficking, sex trafficking involved, the hot shot. The way I took to mean what what a hot shot is and what she was talking about was that someone like intentionally overdosed her. But, but as you heard, she's not super familiar with the term either, so she didn't quite understand it. All she was basically explained to was that they were you know it was overdosing given a dose of some kind of drug that would uh, that that caused her to overdose but then you know she's heard tips that they buried her in a hole and filled it with concrete that they put her in a lake that they you know and then you know there was the the one where she was sent coordinates and said that's this is where she's at her body's at and that was it so the town where i'm drawing a blank on the name of the town but it was north of evansville is where all this supposedly went down. The coordinates she got were in Kentucky, which is south of Evansville. Mm-hmm. But she spent a lot of, that's where she was at when she made that video, when she was crawling through the mud and just searching this huge open, open marshy area, trying to find her daughter. So I don't think it's so much rumors. I think, I mean, maybe it is, but they're not coming into her as rumors. They're coming into her as people saying that they have like direct knowledge. They heard from somebody or they were there or whatever, and that this is what happened. And what's so frustrating to her is that she can't seem to get the police department to investigate it. It sounds like they like went to look at somebody's house one time, and that was as far as they went with it. But she keeps hearing the same names come up over and over and over again. Hmm. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, the, the hotshot question has come up a few times. I see Porphyria in the chat said um, they've heard of it as a hotshot being heroin combined with another opioid. Kathy adds usually fentanyl. We all know what fentanyl is doing to our... Mm-hmm human beings uh, right now. Yeah. Um, and then Sue in our Facebook follow-up says, I've heard Hotshot defined as a strong hit of heroin. But regardless, you know, we are talking about drug use and uh, drug dealing. And Lynn points out 
that when people are hiding drug crimes, getting any information or cooperation is such a struggle. It's a huge roadblock for cases like this. Elaine was very careful to say that she doesn't know why the police aren't doing it, but also that she believes it's because Andy was suffering from addiction. It, it just it feels to me like she's a throwaway. Like this is not, you know, she's an addict, so we're not going to look for it. And I'm sure there's more to it than that because there's also, you know, you know, only so many resources to put into things. But I feel like if this was a and I hate to I hate to be polarizing, but like if this was like just some missing white person that wasn't suffering from addiction, that it would be all hands on deck to find her. That's what's frustrating to me is the fact that she's Hispanic. I don't know if that plays it plays a role or not. I can't say with any certainty that the fact that that she was that she was suffering from addiction, if that plays a role or not. But it sure seems. It, it seems very unlikely to me that any law enforcement agency would be this apathetic about a missing person if it weren't for those circumstances. Mm -hmm. As far as the search goes, Erica says, do we know if her dad or grandparents or anyone on that side of the family have been involved in searching? It doesn't sound like it. I did, there was more to the interview that I just chose not to air where Elaine kind of got into the relationship between the 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 dad side of the family mm -hmm. and Andy I just didn't think it was a place to air any, any of that kind of dirty laundry but I but I but I can say from based on what she said it does not sound like anybody from that side is helping to look okay uh Rihanna sort of gave her experience um, of, of listening and of being reminded of another case, uh, the case of Jill Behrman. I hope I'm saying that right. It's not a case I'm familiar with, but th that struck for her, this idea of Indiana being, you know, towns surrounded by corn and bean fields, and that if something happened to Andy, if she uh, ended up, gosh, oh goodness, I just hate saying all of this. I'm so sorry, everyone. But if she, her, her body was in a cornfield, um, for example, it might be possible that she would be very difficult to find. You know, people maybe think of those types of environments as being more hills and big forests and trees and rocks and all of that. And so I think what Rihanna is trying to kind of bring to the table is just, you know, even in this sort of farming communities, there are ways in which it would be proven difficult to find someone if you were looking into recovery. It definitely would be. But you, the other thing to remember is it's been a year which means there's been a harvest, there's been tilling, there's been planting of the field. So I think you can rule out that she was in a cornfield, which are, and there's a lot of cornfields because, you know, the, essentially the ground is taken down to the dirt. In the amount of time since she's gone missing from August last year in the fall, there would have been the harvest and then the tilling and then the spring, they would have been planting. She would have been found, I think, if she was in a field. I would say the only thing that I forgot to mention to you is that um, the Jill Ber the Jill Behrman case, uh, her body was found three years later in a, in a a field that. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I have to look that case up because I'm I'm curious how that would be. Yeah. The case. So from M, we have a, a couple of different questions. M says, "Are there advocacy groups that have com uh, compiled resources or toolkits that can help loved ones of missing people in their searches?" 
since it seems there are several scenarios where law enforcement says they don't have the capacity to do everything. There are companies like EquiSearch, we've heard mentioned on multiple occasions, that, that are, that's a resource for, to help people search that is not, as far as I know, it's not government run. I believe they're a nonprofit. And they are. So I'm this week, I'm hoping, hoping we have an episode all ready to go by Sunday this week. I actually had an interview scheduled for today for a case. And the case is out of, it's from the Northeast. And again, the, in that case, Texas EquiSearch was part of searching for this person. So that, so I think they, I was in Texas, EquiSearch would be only in Texas, but apparently they travel and do this stuff. But along the, along those lines, that's another question. I still, I, I mentioned you guys a while back that I was, t- I was chatting with, um, uh, with Nina instead from already gone podcast. Mm-hmm. And I've been, uh, again, with, with my schedule, it's been a little, uh, a little tough, but I've been, I've been meaning to call her. We've been trying to, trying to get on a call. That's not on her. That's on me. Mm-hmm. She was like, here's my number. Give, you know, let me know when you want to chat. And I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to make sure I get that done this week because I want to ask her if that's, if, because she would know because that's, that's what she really works on specializes in missing person cases. Mm-hmm. Porphyria um, has just mentioned Season of Justice, which is definitely an organization that is um, very respected by many different folks, including some podcasters that uh, that you know, and that I hear um, talking about it. It's a it's Sarah Turney is involved. Um, it they they do step in as much as they can to help families in just these kinds of circumstances. So thank okay. you for that shout out, Porphyria. That was timely. You're right. I have to get with Sarah and ask her about that. Maybe that's some, something I can connect mm-hmm. some of these families with. M also says, what about fundraising for private detectives or legal representation that help with navigating access to public records, the missing person's phone and finances, psychological services for the searchers, etc." I think luckily we just talked about that a little bit more and Season of Justice, I think, falls into that category as well. But if there are cases where, like, some where, where a family member is requesting, like, we you know we want to hire a private detective and can't in those in those circumstances, certainly if, the, if there's a place where we can raise funds to help somebody, then we'll definitely put that up. Great. M also says, are there ways to research Jane Doe arrests, detox, or hospital or homeless admissions, and all those kinds of things for Andy and others who may fall in fall through the cracks in this way? I don't know that we can do that, but law enforcement definitely can. I like to hope that Evansville PD has done that, that they have checked with the, I think, I think Elaine told me either on or off the air that she had checked with like every local hospital and stuff looking for her. But yeah, I like to hope that they, that they have done that. If not, that's something again, that leaning on the Evansville police department to do because law enforcement will have access to that. Okay. Sarah says, how does Indiana law define missing persons when it comes to adults, and how does that impact police response? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to it, you know, what what defines a a missing person, because I know there's definitely always kind of some struggle, especially with someone who, like, runs it, because we have a lot of cases submitted that were that were runaways where somebody, like, a, a teenager ran away, and that is one thing I did discuss with Nina. You know, because at the beginning of the season, I was like, well, I feel like, you know, that's not what we're trying to cover. People that are running away, we're trying to cover cases where it seems like something happened to someone and they, they you know, they, they weren't intentionally missing. And Nina, Nina had said, you know, she's done so much work in this field that even in those cases where they started out running away, particularly with teenagers, they almost always end up in very dangerous situations 
And if, you know, if they haven't surfaced, it is very important to try to put the effort in to try to find them. Like very rarely if a 16 year old decides I'm, I'm taking off and they leave and no one's heard from them or found them in a month, it's very unlikely that that person has just gone and started a new life somewhere. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at with those, those cases, eventually they do become missing persons cases. I don't know the laws in each particular state or, or, or specifically Indiana. It seems like it's a, ju- from what we've seen so far, it seems like it's a judgment call on the police department if they want to call it a missing persons case or a runaway or, or when they decide. I don't know mm-hmm. when they make that decision. I'm actually looking, I just looked up Indiana code um, in their legislation for how they define missing persons. And uh, it looks like they have a few different ways of looking at it. And they, they define a high risk missing person uh, means a person whose whereabouts are not known and who may be at risk of injury or death. And then it sort of goes down and, and defines what that term can include abduction by a stranger, maybe the result of a commission of a crime, circumstances that are inherently dangerous, a person who is missing for more than 30 days, a person who is in need of medical attention or prescription medication, a missing person who may be at risk due to abduction by a non-custodial parent, a missing person who is mentally impaired, a missing person who is less than 21 years of age. So it really goes through, and of course, several of those that we just happened to read off just then, uh, I would say apply to Andy. But Yeah, and Goonie makes a good point in the YouTube chat, says that it gets tricky with adults because, uh, as they put it, adults have the right to be missing. Uh, so some law enforcement agencies are hesitant to look for adults. And I think that get, that gets tricky. So, yeah, if you have a, you know, like Andy is a legal adult. If what she's done is decided she wanted to disappear, she has a right to do that. And then it, and then it, I think that's where the judgment call comes in, where somebody in law enforcement has to decide, OK, there are circumstances here that look like she's not intentionally missing at this point. Something something has happened. Right. That is um, all I have. I was planning on closing with Tina's comment about how tough this has been and how tough it must be for you. Um, But we talked about that uh, at the top of the show. So that sort of brings us to the end of what I have prepared. Yeah. Like we said, there weren't a lot of questions. Like for this case, didn't expect a lot of questions. One thing that I did have, a couple of people pointed out to me that I didn't make super clear. So I'm going to make a post with this information on it. People were asking that, you know, they, they, they've said that, like, I don't know what, like, I feel terrible for Elaine, but I don't know what to do. The biggest thing is, again, you can join that group. You can contact her directly through that, just, if nothing else, to let her know that you're supporting her, but also to contact the Evansville Police Department. And I want to put out that contact information. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it here on the podcast, and then I'll, 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 I'll put a post about it, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. But the Evansville Police Department, their phone number is 812 812- Four three six seven eight nine six, and the email address is info at evansvillepolice.com. That's info at evansvillepolice.com. So what I would ask is, and again, I always say this: it, it does not do anybody any good to belligerently scold someone for what they're doing. On top of everything else, we only have kind of Elaine's perception of what's going on so we don't know exactly what the circumstances are but if you could reach out to them and let them know we've heard about her case we're trying to help them find is is what do we need to do to have police further give her more assistance in looking into this to let them know that there are thousands of people out there that are watching 
that do care about Andy Wagner and do care that she is found and would appreciate if the police department would step up and put the manpower and effort into finding her. I think that would be a big step. And that is the biggest thing that, uh, that Elaine was asking for, uh, for me, once we had stopped recording that that was the biggest thing is to please help because th- that that's her biggest frustration is that as she said, she's on, on her own, but when she gets a tip that a person or a place that, that is, that is dangerous, maybe the place that she needs to look to help find her daughter and the police tell her, well, be careful. Like that's not okay. Right. It's not okay. Those they need to investigate that. They need to put the manpower into investigating that. So that's a big thing. Any of you can do from anywhere in the world. Yes. Can send that again. That email is info at evansvillepolice.com. And with that, uh, we don't have any more any more questions for you from you guys. Uh, I want to thank you you all for listening. And again, I keep saying it every week, but it it means an awful lot to me every week when we're doing this. I know you know, but part of the stress on all of this too is we're doing something very different. It's kind of a tumultuous time in the in in the business wise right now. So it's 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 pretty scary to be like, hey, we're going to do something completely different than what you're used to, and hope that people are going to still stick around and listen. So every week when I you know can click on the episode and see that that you know the numbers are the same that everybody's still everybody's still tuning in that means a lot to me that you guys are doing that that you're sticking with it, us through this and i think i think we're all i know i'm learning a lot already yeah. as i mentioned at the top of the episode and we're going to keep pressing along and uh and we're going to get through these states they're clipping off pretty quick my board outside is getting filled up really quickly uh this sunday again i'm going to i have a case that i i I desperately want to cover that I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody to do an interview for. Mm-hmm. And it's one I mentioned at the, like the very onset of, of the season. I had talked to people. I had talked to the police, the investigating agency who said that, you know, there's a PR department that had to approve and that, that hasn't come through. I talked to um, uh, black and missing talk to somebody there. They're like, yes, we'll do an interview. Let me tra- Let me have the person who will do that. Contact you. Haven't heard back from them. Um, Erica Cantor, our amazing, you know, that uh, still calling her our production manager, even though we're not doing true crime binge right now, but she's still, she can't stand but to not be helping. Love so you, Erica. Uh, she's, yeah, uh, Erica's the best and she's still working on trying to make that connection. But, you know, I may just do an episode on that case. So what, what had happened was, again, I had a, a interview scheduled for today, which is another just bananas case. It's a complete mystery and it will bring up a lot of questions and, and I think a lot of our, our engagement. But the person who I was supposed to interview with was part of anybody saw in the news today, Tuesday, where um, there were lots of storms and tornadoes. They were in that area. They were okay. Their house was okay, but their power's out, and they're saying it's going to be out for days. Mm. So we're we're still planning on it's going to be for me doing the interview and editing and everything, and then come down to the wire where on uh, Friday we're going to try to we're going to try to get in the interview and get that done. So we'll see how things go. This, this this week. Well, but, uh, I think everybody has compassion for that because it just shows you how many uh, how many things that people like you and and organizations that are trying to do good are sometimes grossly understaffed and are trying to do are just trying to juggle so many things. So <laughs> it's understandable that scheduling and stuff like that could be difficult because it's just 
these are not hugely funded giant corporations that, you know, just have like a bunch of employees at their disposal to, you know, these are people who most of the time are doing it um, because they have they have a passion for helping others. So um, understandable. Yeah. And I think we all we all accept that. And uh, the last thing I'm going to leave with you guys is uh, can't do it Thursday because Thursday is mine and Becky's 10 year wedding anniversary. So happy anniversary. Yesterday, when you're hearing this yesterday, happy anniversary to my lovely wife. I'm sure that you had a wonderful anniversary together and that you did all the right things. It was fantastic. I was, I couldn't be better Great. as the best husband ever Great. last night. Wonderful. I may double check with Becky on that, but wonderful. <laughs> all right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks everybody. is an NBI Studios production. All music for the show is created and composed by Shane Yoder at PutThemInASong.com. The font you see on all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com designed, created, manages, and maintains our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our volunteer transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Courtney Wimberly, Erica Cantor, Melissa Cardenas, Kaywood Yomnick, and Danielle Rohr. And as always, thank you to all of you for your engagement and your support. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that in a number of ways. The number one way for you to support our work is to become a patron at patreon.com slash truthandjustice. If you join our Patreon, not only will you be financially supporting our work, but you'll also get something for your pledge. For just $5 per month, you'll get all episodes ad-free and also a video version of the Friday follow-ups that include an hour-long pre-show chat exclusive to our patrons. Other levels will get you a Truth and Justice Army t-shirt, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host a Friday follow-up episode. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice to sign up. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It doesn't cost you a penny, and it goes a long way towards making the show more visible. If you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth, Janet can be found at Janet Varney, and Zach is at Z to the Q. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Janet Varney. And this has been Truth and Justice.